Welcome to LOI Weekly Season 3 Episode 28. I'm going to warn you, this is a fairly packed show, an awful lot going on, but we have a hell of a lot to talk about. Not only the FAI Cup coming up, but the amount of news that's happened over the last week or so. Some of it actually broken by the man sitting opposite me, Daniel MacDonald. Um, we are LOI Weekly with uh, Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter in association with Airsport and Independent.ie. And it was on uh, the Irish Independent that Dan broke one of the more left field transfer stories in recent times. Dan Carr to going, going to Limassol. Wouldn't have seen that coming. Um, possibly wouldn't have seen what happened afterwards either, Dan. No. What's the other Dan? Actually tried to get another Dan uh, Dan Kelly on the show this morning, but that fell through. Uh, who uh, the, the 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 another man in in an unbelievable form at the moment. The Dan Carr thing. Where do you start? Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously all exploded since then. I mean, you know, obviously heard last week that it was it was very likely to happen, um, and I, I I've actually been off the last couple of days, so I haven't. Do you know the way you get a story though? You're like, ah, hang on now. You know, like there is a bit of that, yeah. yeah. Like there is always a small danger of this. I really hope this isn't wrong because it's sort of. But then at the same time, like, why would you make that up? You know what I mean? Like, if if someone, if if you hear something on the grapevine, um, it, it is one of those ones where you're thinking, God, I really hope this one comes off, or else, because of course, like transfer stories, like if like loads of transfers are floated, and sometimes you hear after, God, he nearly joined that club. Like they don't always go through. Like like when you're when you're covering a transfer story, you're not like saying this will definitely happen. You're saying it looks like this will happen, as you know yourself. Yeah, like, I did a story it's, 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 for long this it's season. It's a perilous thing. Like yeah. you, someone will tell you, but you have to be really, really sort of confident about it. Um, and like it's possible that it falls through, and then people will say, well. It's a lot of rubbish. I remember years ago, uh, wasn't there a lot of chat about Ronaldo going to from Manchester United to Real Madrid? Obviously, at the very, very highest level, and it didn't happen. And uh, a load of people obviously had that story. Got, I think got stick over at the time. And then it turned out a deal had been done that he would go a year later. You know, and this like this, so there's always maneuvering and, and stuff going on back behind the scenes. That's small fry like, to Dan Carr. Well, the Dan Carr on the limit thing. Although, yeah. yeah, this story though took on a totally different level um, because of Stephen Bradley's reaction to it. Um, interestingly, I think Stephen Bradley's changed a lot in terms of he doesn't say as much in the media and he's been a lot more nuanced. But before Watford's game against Rovers, he was speaking to Shane Dawson uh, on Air Sports on Monday night, and here's what he had to say about the whole Dan Carr situation. The big squad effort needed, of course. How big a loss will Dan Carr be to your plans? Uh, look, we, we obviously could have kept Dan. Dan had a year and a half left in his deal. Uh, we just felt that um, he wasn't really fit for us going forward, so it was time to move, but um, we were fine. We made the decision fully aware of where we were. Um, like I said, we could have kept him, but uh, it was our decision to move him. I think, Dan, this story isn't really... Like, it's a big story, but it's kind of left. And uh, Rory Houston put up on, on Twitter last night that it was the two big stories in soccer on RTE were Dan Carr and Bradley and Dan Carr. <laughs> I was like, what's the need to get involved in this? And obviously, Bradley was very pissed off about something. See, see I don't know, yeah, because... Like, I think, you know, people will speak. Dan Carr, I think, is going to have a say in... Even in, like, in covering transfer stories and, and information, like, you know, around this... Like everyone's minding their own, everyone will always put out the side of the story that 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 suits them. Yours, and, mine, and the and, truth. And, and of course, like I can understand why that happens because like there's there's definitely conflicting bits of info going around. I mean, like as far as I know, anyway, uh, like Dan Carr's deal in Cyprus is would make him uh, would make him like the, he, he would be comfortably the highest paid player in the League of Ireland if he got that same deal here. Now. Comfortably, comfortably, yeah. 
So I, I, I believe he's got a very good deal there. When you think so, Graham Burke, Andy Boyle, and some of the players have yeah, come back, I, Jack I, I, would, I, I would, I would think. Um, you know, you could be talking something like uh, a nice climate, all that nice climate and a a percentage up from that. So um, that's what Graham Burke actually, he's on a loan deal. So I wouldn't count him because obviously, you know, whatever the arrangement would be, but yeah, guys that are here permanently. um, So why did Bradley get involved? Well, I, I, I would suspect now that, look, when I did the story initially last Thursday, there seemed to be a suggestion that Dan Carr would still be traveling to Derry the following day um, for the game. And, I think, you know, when the move became possible, I think there might have been a suggestion that maybe Dan Carr wasn't mad on on going to Derry then. Obviously, on Friday then, we, we heard that he was, when I mean, Stephen Bradley said he was overdoing the medical. So maybe that's only a minor issue. But I would suspect, you know, when Dan Carr became aware of the deal that was available to him, he was probably pretty keen to go. And I think a lot of players in the league would have done the same, to be honest. Um, maybe... Uh, Wood Rovers have preferred the deal to 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 pr- proceed more on their own terms in terms of the speed of it. I don't know. Like that's I'm speculating a bit there. I'm not going to say with certainty. So, uh, I I I I'd, I'd imagine that the the the, the chronology of it and, and around the Derry game might have uh, might explain some of whatever tension that seems to exist. It seems to be a bizarre story, but ultimately, like Dan Carr, if all the Rovers players are available, I don't think he's a first-choice player for Rovers, particularly when Ferruja comes back. Uh, there was talk of Dan Carr going to Pats recently. Um, Rovers said he'd, he's 18 months left in his contract or a year and a bit left in his contract. I actually was under the impression his contract was up at the end of the year. Now, I'm not sure if that means that there was an option there rather than a you know a, a specific contract. I'm not so sure about that. Um, but either way, I would have thought it was a pretty good deal for Rovers for someone who was probably surplus to requirements a month ago and a pretty good deal for Carr in the sense that he's got a massive pay rise so it should be a happy for all camps but mm. clearly there's some you know there's maybe there must be some issue about how the, the deal was communicated that, that's Rovers, caused a problem Rovers have lost three players arguably in the last few months that in my view none of them will be starting at the moment and they've lost them to big clubs um, they've lost Aaron Bulger yeah. Wouldn't have been starting. Uh, Trevor Clark probably wouldn't be starting. I think Kevin would be starting ahead of him now. Yeah, you can you can argue the toss on that one. Uh, I, I no, see. Maybe not. You can argue the toss on that one. So it's kind of it's it's very weird that you've League of Ireland clubs losing players to pretty big clubs that actually aren't even well, regular starters. Well, three of them. It's League of Ireland. I mean, it is Rovers. You know, I mean, like mm. the Dock was the same with Dylan Connolly last year. You know, like they're the only two clubs that can probably that can probably do that. To be fair, and um, you had Stephen Rice on last week, ex Rovers. Now there was an interesting chat about Europe and all of that. I kind of missed it. I was in the beach, um, uh, but there was bit of rea- bit of reaction to. Um, we had a general chat last week about the, uh, the, I suppose, this European debate and the fallout. And it, I mean, it's continued over the last week, the post mortem. Into RTE last night with Gary Rogers on for the. Yeah, for the, uh, David IFC. Sweeney had a very strong piece on Sunday, which I, I wouldn't really agree with, with some of it. But th- this is what happens at the end of the European year that there's always a stage of the nation debate about the League of Ireland. And that's why. Like in terms of perception of the league, the results in Europe are important because it always stimulates this debate every year, whether it's fair or not. Now, I think like in recent weeks, we've spoken a bit here about how I would be of the opinion that, the, say, the games that Dundalk and Rovers play here probably don't prepare them for Europe. Um, but I guess maybe last week in the discussion, it maybe came across a small bit like like that's the that's the fault of the other clubs that are. You know that, that that they need to up their game. That have been whereas, surviving on no prize whereas, money and no TV it's, money. It's it's practically impossible for them to do that now. And you know, 
the point was made, and I think it's a, like I, I do. The one thing I would say about it, and, and people would accuse us of bias and stuff. Like the dark story did start from nothing. That is that is a fact. Like they didn't buy their way. That's the outlier. They, they didn't they didn't start off with like the American firm mm. op, you know owning them and bringing them to the top a la you know a Chelsea or a Man City type thing that's a product of their, their success they did start with nothing um, and it was the genius of Stephen Kenny to pull it together however he pulled it together in 2013 when the league in my opinion was at a very it was at a crossroads in terms of uh, where we were at in terms of standing at the top end. I mean, Sligo won the league. Sligo Rovers in 2012 won the league. A part-time draw the team was essentially second. You're coming a out very, for a very part-time draw the team mm. was second. So the dog started from scratch, were able to put together a team that could challenge for a league title straight away. Cork with Caulfield pretty much did the same mm. uh, a year later. It's impossible for a team, for the teams below to do that now. It's just, you can't say that, you know, a manager can somehow pull it together. Well, you need somebody putting in a colossal amount yeah, of money. and then you're in danger of overstretching and you're talking about, uh, you know, creating like a, a false economy for players, which, which, which benefits players but doesn't benefit anyone else. And uh, this is a problem that we're in now. It is true to say that the Dalkin Rovers probably, it doesn't help their performances in Europe, um, that they're probably not getting like the, the high enough standard of games. But it's also... Like that, that's not the fault of the other clubs. It's also true that they can't get near the Dock and Rovers because of the money they get from Europe. So we're in this weird sort of. Uh, well, we need some prize money in the league. We need, we need funding in the league. <laughs> like, like, like the Dock Rovers now, I think, like, you know, the one team that probably can probably still get there in a strange way is Cork because they still have a, a massive catchment area. You know, if they get an appointment right, they could start next season with massive crowds and a buzz and they can still attract players to the region. So they're probably the one that can come up. But for any of the, for even for a Bose or a, um, a Derry even, like to try and get to that level, they probably have to push themselves in a way that they don't want to push themselves. And that's a risky, risky business because the top two even have a job to do to, to, to balance the books to a degree with what they're doing yeah. so so um, like you know next year I think you know we have to look at everything like I, I can completely understand the resentment of the smaller clubs with games being called off around Europe um, you know around European fixtures I think next year that needs to be looked at seriously I think there's an argument still that for every club's first round of fixtures their first game you know you, you can try and arrange it so they have a free week between their first leg tie Damn, but, a, but after that there shouldn't be there shouldn't there probably shouldn't be any provisions there's no funding in the league there is no funding and there's no TV money so ha- Sligo Rovers can get by year to year by having a fundraiser and cobbling money together and bringing out their own beer with one euro a pint this isn't sustainable and we all know this no 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 and the thing is like, we and want, the FAI is we bankrupt want, we, we need, yeah we need the league to improve uh, collectively, but it's very hard for, for them to do that. Like and there is, there is an element of watching Rovers on Monday night and thinking, watching Bowes and UCD even to lesser simple, watching Dundalk absolutely batter Bowes, you're like, hmm. Like Bowes, like Bo, we'll, we'll come on to UCD in a minute. I mean, Bowes, like, like Bowes winning 10-1 last Friday to me wasn't a good story at all. It, it was, was laughable. It was, it was, it was, embar- it was an embarrassment. Um, and and then like, they ship five in Dundalk, and and it comes back to the basic point. But like, again, all right. So I, you would look at last Friday very crudely, and you would say, and we've made the point before. And John Coffey made the point before, and PFEI would make the point before, and everyone again has their own has their own stake in the game here. Like we need to have minimum standards of some kind in the Premier Division. So like if you've, you if you have a team in the Premier Division that runs a slightly unique system, you know, in terms of, like, the scholarships and, uh, you know, effectively a form of an amateur contract as such. 
um, like that it's the highest level of football in the country and you're thinking should we have some kind of standard that that you can't compete, you can't compete at the highest level however if I'm listening to this from you I'd be going well hang on a minute you know, we haven't caused problems over the years in terms of how many headlines have we generated in terms of like defaulting on on this or that or you know all the sort of scandalous stories that we've had or clubs you know reforming under new training companies and and going bust and coming back and coming back and coming back. They haven't brought any of that shame. No, so, but so if you're talking about merit, well, well, what is the definition of merit? Is like they're there in merit. What about a club that like went bust and came back under a new entity? Are they there in merit? Yeah, but you like, also you, you, play in a ground that is completely unfit for purpose. They don't really promote the club at all in the college um, I know that for a fact listen, they so they're, they're yeah. arguing UCD are great for the league if they're in the first division I think but what happened on Friday as you say you're on about preparing teams for Europe if Bowes can beat UCD 10-1 how do we come to a situation where this can't happen again where UCD are a joke shop it's, a very, it's, it's very hard to, like, it's actually really hard to do that like, it's actually very hard to do that because we, again we don't have enough we don't have a uniformity of opinion across the league that like you can do that. You can take one approach and it's going to cause mayhem. Like I know the PFI approach, it wouldn't be they wouldn't be massively popular with with, with, with clubs that have struggled over the years. But their approach would be you should have a minimum edge of professionals in the top division. And that is one way of looking at it. But obviously, uh, you know, you need clubs to be able to afford that and to be able to maintain that. So like we are stuck in a bind here. Like the reason that it's becoming more of a talking point about the clubs at the top and how they're being held back as such is because we haven't had the financial collapse of a champion or a top team that we've had we had regularly a decade ago like we we, we recycled our champions all the time because clubs just kept going from A to B and then they come back to the start like you know, you can have debates about the direction of the clubs, but I don't think they're coming back in the short term. So we're going to have this. And as I said, the European results to me are still important because the debate, the wider Irish public will still look at European results and make judgments based on the European results. Now, maybe that's not always fair and maybe like it's it's way too small a sample size to, to make a dramatic conclusion, but people do do it. Like the European results, I know it in my job. Like it's, it's the European results is when other people just start to look in and it is important that our teams do well. So when we're talking about our team has been prepared to the highest possible standard, that's the angle. But it's not to be ignorant of the fact that the other clubs below, they just can't get to that level to produce that level of competition on a yeah. regular basis too so like we are stuck in a pretty pretty well we tr- need testing cycle we here. do we need we need we need uh, something like Kieran Lewis's proposal where there's a lot of money in the league and um, so that teams can kind of sustain themselves without a model that clearly uh, doesn't work because it's not it's not possible for clubs to pay wages with the money that's coming in which is effectively just gave receipts and a bit of sponsorship but we need to we, we do need to wrap up on this Collie. Uh, yeah, so Bose 10, UCD 1 was the result that we'll get back to in a moment. Watford 1, Cork City 2. Pats had a big win over Sligo, which um, pushed them back very much into the race for the top four, if not top three. Derry City nil, Shamrock Rovers 2, a blow for Derry's own top four ambitions. Uh, Dundalk 5, Finn Harps nil. Harps on great form, going into the game, but a bit of a blip there. And then the game we, we mentioned, Watford 1, Shamrock Rovers 5. That was on Monday night on Airsport, and also... Uh, Dundalk qualifying uh, for the final of the EA Sports Cup. So, yeah, that game on Friday, Dan, I was at the UCD Bowes game. Uh, Andrew Wright got four goals. Young Tierney got his first goal for Bowes. Positives for Bowes. Could really work from going forward that Andrew Wright uh, off the mark. Absolutely embarrassing if you're watching it um, from 
a general League of Ireland stance that a team could leak 10 goals and then Collie O'Neill. Um, I, I don't think Collie O'Neill's second is to do with results. There's definitely something more going on in my mm. view. Um, but it's it's a strange one. UCD, you, you, know, you, don't, uh, you, know, you don't associate UCD with getting rid of their manager, uh, especially at this stage of the season. And... Um, Obviously, the full story will come out, but it's uh, it's a, it's an odd one. Took took people by surprise. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's always as I said, look, you know, there's always internal stuff going on. So we we can talk about it to a degree, but what we can deal with is is a sort of a a pretty basic bottom line fact is that UCD had Cody O'Neill as their manager, and now they don't. And for a club that. Um, we did try to get Colly on the show yeah, as well, but he was very busy with work this morning. For a club that looks to be going down, to be honest, um, barring a sort of dramatic revo- revival, uh, so if they go down, like, well, what what do they need to do? They probably need someone to do the job that Colly did, you know, like that's what they need um, to regroup. So they've they've, put, they've let the best person go um, for the job that's coming next. Now, as I said, we've touched on it before, like where UCD stands in a Premier Division context is difficult because if they get a very good group of players scattered like they did, they will lose them and then they end up in this cycle, etc. again. So it's like snakes and ladders and there's no, uh, maybe there's no happy conclusion and maybe, maybe Cody could have got frustrated anyway, you know, over, over a period of time. I've, I've often argued about UCD. We should have first division strong enough that UCD don't get promoted, basically. That there are better teams in the first division than UCD with the structure they have, and that's not always well, the case. It exposes, well, that, that exposes, or highlights, sorry, what a great job Collie did last year. That like, There was other teams in the first division who recruited extensively enough last year. Um, they did have good players now. You know, yeah, no, I know. Look at the players they no, have. I know, they, they, they had good players, but they, like, how many of them were established good players? At the start of it, like a lot of teams had good players in the first division who like didn't didn't function in whatever way for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously at a first division level, you know you have the scholarship players together. They're they're almost full time in the sense that they're on campus all the time, etc. But like they still were all under twenty three. Okay, I know like Gary O'Neill had been away. Like Ferruja is probably one of the most exciting players in the country. You know, and even the likes of Slogged look about he's done, etc. Right, that's fair enough. But they still were all relatively relatively unknown quantities to a degree, you know, and uh, like he, he managed to sort of put that group together with no real support behind them at their games and, and make them the best team in the division. I, I, I actually, I think I probably agree. It shouldn't be the case that a team of kids should be the best team in that division but the fact that it is tells you a lot about that division, and it can be a bit of a rogues gallery, yeah, like to, like to, a, to, to a degree at, at first like division LOI, level. Weekly, but um, the results from the first division last week: Limerick won at Lone Town, one draw had a six Wexford nil. No, the result that anyway. Wexford have players coming and going as well, though. Mm, I think it's just uh, it's it's very hard. Um, Limerick Limerick's attendance at that game was announced on Twitter as today's attendance. I think it was like two two three or something yeah. like that. But it was like today's official attendance is two two three followed by a series of dots, which yeah. I thought was quite a loaded. Um, and then to which a Wexford fan replies, "We die for a crowd like that at our games." Fortunately, that's where you're at. In yeah, the what was the Limerick game? Sorry, that was the Limerick. Uh, they drew one all against Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, now again, Limerick have had a shambles of a season off the pitch, so their season is derailed. Um, so these games don't really matter, and that's the problem. In the first vision, despite the fact that they've restructured it very well. Uh, obviously, draw to six Wexford nil. Brian Cove shared six goals equally at the Belinda Carlisle grounds. Cavan Teeley nil. Galway United won. Two victories on the road for Galway United. Uh, and um, the revolution. 
Longford nil, Shelburne two. It will not be televised. Massive win for <laughs> massive win for the Reds. But Galway United did get that big win in Cabinteely. And earlier on, Dan, very much you're held up by uh, not you have a bit of a cold or some affliction I, I, under the weather the last few days. I, I, I never get sick at all. Like we did off the ball on Saturday. And I'm at home after. Like, you were on to go for a yeah, point after, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, Mike." And then it just, just took hold. Ended up not going. I went, I went home. Bad traffic. Then, uh, port tunnel closed off. That was this morning. But yeah. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been, I was wiped out the last couple of days. So um, you weren't here just for the Alan Murphy chat, um, which we did earlier, uh, myself and Alan. Some very interesting points here, I think, from Alan, and uh, obviously Galway United playing Cork City on Friday night in the Extra FAI Cup. Alan, how are you keeping? Very good, Johnny. How are you? Not so bad, not so bad. Very much looking forward to Friday. Obviously, there haven't been that many big games for Galway United over the last couple of years, really. But uh, is there a bit of a buzz around the place? Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's a, there's a great buzz. Um, I mean, look, it's been a difficult season at times. Um, and the last two weeks, I suppose, has been, has been a little bit of an up curve in terms of um, results. But, but still, I mean, very kind of similar in terms of performances for a lot of the season. Um, maybe a mistake here or there has kind of has uh, put us to the sword for a lot of weeks but um no it's it's um it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one on friday and we're really looking forward to it and there's uh, there is a good buzz yeah there's there's um i'm hoping that obviously the weather's a little bit iffy at the moment but i mean i'm hoping that people uh, will come out yeah how have you found your first season because you were you'd made a fine impression obviously at the under 17s but this was a different ball game yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 learning. It's always learning, but I think it's it's going to be always learning for for any coach or any manager at any at any age or level. So, um, no, I'm I'm pretty comfortable to be honest with you at the moment. We we I mean, I've learned a lot as a player, and I've learned a lot, I suppose, in terms of I, I mean, uh, I've been I've been viewing and looking at managers now for a long time in terms of the good and the bad, and and probably um, maybe even wrong, wrongly so analyzing <laughs> analyzing them before my time maybe while I was a player analyzing the manager and seeing was he what's he good and bad at but I mean uh, I'd hope that I've taken a lot of um, I've taken a lot of learning from that and and I think that I've uh, I've brought forward of, I suppose I suppose a little bit of characteristics of, of a lot of people and then my own I mean I'm on my own unique ones but um, and it's been look it's 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 uh, I suppose the group has been has been the big one I mean I've I'm working with a group that are really, really dedicated, and um, look at—they're young and they're inexperienced, but they're um, they're really positive, and there's no negativity in the group. And I mean, that's that's a that's a huge part of of um, of management and coaching in terms of tr- trying to trying to get a group that you can work with. And I mean, I don't think that has been in Galway for the last few years. Yeah, you made that point uh, many times at the start of the season that you felt there were probably players there that were just there to collect a wage and uh, that it needed a bit of a radical overhaul, which you obviously um, looked to realise and you have realised really with all the young players coming through and basically nearly all the players being from Galway. Yeah, it's, um, it's been it's been one that has, um, to be honest with you, I mean, it, it's not only in the last few years, it's, it has gone on for a long time um, and, it's, and it goes on in every club. Um but um, I suppose, really, it's it's it is down to though it's it's down to manager and and, and recruitment and and I mean, I mean if it's it's if you, if you recruit bad eggs like you know what you're going to get like I mean mm. so I don't I mean I, I necessarily I suppose if someone coming in to collect a wage I don't really have a huge problem with that, but I do have I have a problem with them if they don't apply themselves and are are good pros and and um and are basically only only collecting the wage I mean everyone everybody has to work so therefore like. If someone comes in and does a good job and, and and gets paid for it, I mean that's that's ideal. Like I mean, but it's not ideal that someone doesn't care and doesn't really have an affiliation with the place and and may not even um, 
I mean, they, I suppose after training doesn't even hang around really. It's 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 basically just as is it, it's it's uh, it's a collection point. Like so that that that's that's not good, and that has been too there's been too many of those guys in the last in the last while. Like, yeah, I I thought at start season with the performance against shells that we we might kind of exceed expectations, but results kind of tailed off a bit then throughout the middle. An awful lot of games uh, that Galway lost by just a goal as well, which must have been very frustrating. Yeah, look, I mean, and I, I, I totally understand. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to you, but the only educated eye in terms of what's going on outside the club or inside the club. I mean, a lot of people would have thought that that our budget was probably a lot more than it was um, for, mm. for for large portions of the season. Um, I, I even re- recall you at one stage yourself to, uh, when we went down to Cove and lost to Cove, said that we lost, we lost against an amateur side. But I mean, when you look at it. I mean, Cove's budget is probably twice what ours is. So I mean, it's it's um, and we've and we've only two pros. I mean, okay, and and, and again, that's it's, it's it's just in general. I mean, it was it was um, there was probably the, the information wasn't out there for the public in terms of what we were doing and um, and some I suppose some some thought we shouldn't be getting results um, results against clubs that were I mean there were budgets probably ten times our budget. Like you know, I mean that's. That's, but even though the, I suppose the, the issue was that we we've actually performed pretty well against against them. If we if we capitulated and and lost by four or five each game, I mean people would probably have realised very quickly. But I mean, we, uh, as I say, I, I think we performed very well, and we started even at the first game of the season against Shells, where we probably should have beaten them. Like and yeah, and and it kind of I mean we, we, again, the budget was what the budget was, and 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 therefore we didn't probably have the experience that we needed in terms of to turn the. To turn those one deficits to to draws or wins because we just we continuously week in week out we were beaten by a lot of the time we were beaten by the player the, the experienced player in the middle of the park from each team the Paul Keegans and the the um, the Alan Burns of last year and these types of players that I mean are, are just that were you know they're just that are able to dictate a game and that have have nous that are the young lads didn't have it. yeah yeah I I, I, was, I I'm obviously speculating with regard to budgets and all that um, and yeah. but. Um, in terms of budget for next season, there's obviously good talk in Galway about the involvement of the Comer brothers, and I suppose specifically as well that they would be putting money into this facility in Athen Roy, which was actually originally earmarked for the hurlers, whose manager Michal Dunn, who just stepped down last night, I suppose the big news yeah. in Galway, but that must be massive, Alan, um, in terms of the future, regardless of who's playing for the club, um, you know, just to have that bedrock there that has been missing for so long. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's... it's um it's a step in the right direction, and it's it's. Um, I mean, we're 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 really pleased and really thankful to the Comers that they're now coming on board again, and they're and they're that uh, I suppose that they're going to they're going to press the thing on and push it on to another level. Hopefully, we need our own facility, we need our own training grounds. In turn, like we we rent training grounds at the moment. Our first team uh, training Salt and Devon, who are brilliant to us, um, and who have uh, I, I have a brilliant relationship with, and, and I mean they they've been very good, um, and I mean that's but but again. Again, the nature of of, of a development club and, and I mean and a really progressive club like Salt Hill is that they're going to be doing well and they're going to have more teams and they're going to need more more of their facilities um, and the time slots get get tighter and and uh, so we we do need our own and we need a plan I mean we need a plan for our own so that's that that's really refreshing and it's it's, it's something to look forward to um, also in terms of. Uh, in terms of the back end for 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 the team and for the for the whole, I suppose for, for what's happening. I mean that. Uh, I mean that, that again. Again, uh, we, I suppose we look at it this year. What we've done, we've we've. I mean, we've really developed our our, our young players. I mean, uh, you look you look at where we were last year and 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 where we are now. I mean, um, the amount of the amount of our own underage talent and and this. I mean, the talent that I've identified from 
from the region as well. I mean, that have now played for Goyne United and have now have 17, 18, 19 games and of, of, of real of real experience. Whether it was a one nil defeat or or in the last two weeks it was two good wins. I mean, it's it's uh, the result is a little a little bit immaterial in terms of in terms of that experience. I mean, obviously we 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 look at performances first of all. And we do want to have results, but I mean. It, it, was it all about results this year? It wasn't because I mean whether we whether we whether we finished one more place above somebody else or somebody else whatever it might. I mean, if we take that mentality, then we were going looking at like like every game was going to have to be a cup game in terms of us trying to win it. And I mean, I, I think you've you've probably seen in the last few months that a lot of players have got a chance, and we've we've um, we've we've experimented with different styles of play and. And to tr- I suppose to try and educate the, the players we have coming in, like you know. Yeah, and uh, Conor Barry's return to form has been huge. Obviously, you missed him for much of the season as well because he hasn't been quite fit with ter- in terms of injury. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's not. Um, I mean, you look at Conor Barry was injured early Davern. I mean, we've we've missed key players, and we don't. Ha- and and I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to the group, but we don't have many key players in terms of that experience that that other players that other teams have. So I mean. Um, CB is coming back to form in a good time, um, and it's—I uh, mean, it's a slow one because he's had—he's had injuries and that, and I mean, uh, difficult season for him in terms of, I suppose, confidence. Like every player that was flying last year, and now he found himself in this kind of a—we call it a, the project this year—that he was—that he was kind of needed to be a leader a little bit earlier than he probably should be in terms of his age and his development, but. But um, and I probably needed needed a few more experienced players around him to push on this year. But he's been a great guy. I mean, he's he's uh, he's bounced back, and it's 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 um it's a, it's it's I suppose it's a good showing for his character that he's able to bounce back and that he's he's uh, he's got us across the line in the last two games. And how realistic is the prospect of beating Cork on Friday? I was thinking, you know me, Johnny. I mean, I, uh, we're 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 we'll, we'll, we'll be very positive. We'll be. I mean, obviously, they're a premier decide. Um, they would have started the season again. No disrespect to, to where they are, or that, but they'd have started the season to, to probably looking at winning the league, like winning the winning the, the premier division. So, I mean, that's where their budgets were. That's where their players were. So, look, it hasn't. I mean, they've probably said the results haven't be haven't been great no more than ourselves. So, I mean, it'll be a tough one for be a tough one for both. And it'll be. I mean, it, they have to come up to go, and we're we're on the we're on the back of two wins. So, I mean, anything can happen in the cup. Look, I understand that this. That everyone looking in expects a Cork win, um, no more than a Collinstown one last weekend, Johnny. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that was odds related. I mean, no, you 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 wouldn't know. We we, we might we, we we might do uh, we might uh, the, the guys that are that are uh, the guys that are doing doing the stats and all that. They might get get they might get around two weeks in a row. You wouldn't know. And just finally as well, what's your relationship been like with the board? Because obviously I've known a few of those guys involved, and it's been it's been in its infancy as a fan run kind of entity. And um, I suppose are you are you all set for the future as well in terms of the back and next season, and hopefully the expectation I suppose that um, we we'll, we we'll climb up the table a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've a I've a really healthy relationship with the board. I mean, they're they're um, I keep in contact with them a lot of the time. Um, we've literally just I mean last week we've we've sat down together and I've made a presentation for an hour to the guys about what I think uh, should happen going forward and and um, where the club where the club is at now um, in terms of the development and the work that has been done this season um, I mean uh, again a lot of it a lot of it the the, the outside the outside person wouldn't probably realise any of the work or any of the actual I mean advantages or or, or real real, um, real inroads that we've made this year like so I mean that's 
that needs to be needs to be worked on again and it needs to be pressed pushed on to hopefully another level and i mean look the, another level is always going to it's always going to cost things it's always going to need more work um i mean that's that's kind of where we're at at the moment in terms of identifying um and i mean it's refreshing though i mean that's what i'm trying to bring into going united is is i mean this this was never a case in previous years where before we'd say four or five or six weeks before the end of a season that that, you, that that we'd actually be planning for next season, <laughs> which which sounds pretty ridiculous that that it wouldn't have ever happened before. But I mean that was the case. Like there was every player was out was out of contract. Every player was up for grabs. You know it was it was it was like a total new kind of a uh, we, we'll start and we'll start in January type of thing and start signing players. And I mean sure that's it was it was um it, the model the model just didn't work. Like you know yeah. How many players finally have you signed up for next season? Uh, that's a good question. Um, well, obviously the young fellas. So I mean, there's this. I think there's uh, there'll be seven or eight, hopefully by the by the end of this week. Um, just obviously we needed to wait for leaving certain results and that types of stuff because that's. I mean, we've a lot of um, we've a lot of uh, good underage players that are that are now sticking their head above water and I mean probably <laughs> attracting attention from other clubs. Um, not, I suppose if you look at Donald Higgins this week as we now call into the, the Irish under 19s uh, training panel so I mean that's it's the, it's that type of thing that's that's uh, that's what we needed to wait on and uh, for results so we're, we're we're trying to get some some things tied down tied down now this week again thanks a million for your time Alan Johnny fair play to you it's good that uh, Murph knows what I'm tipping in in um in the first division he didn't mention actually that I've tipped Galway United quite a few times this season. It just hasn't come off. I didn't tip Collins. You never bet emotionally, John. Uh, no, I wasn't emotionally. Like we were what four to one at home to draw We shouldn't be four to one at home to draw But uh, that, that, that is sort of emotional, though. Um, like, like I don't think you would ever I admit four to one draw no bet even. I don't think you can admit that. But I think there's a part of you that's naturally drawn to to Galway because of their name and their status and what they should be, rather than maybe what they are. Maybe, maybe. I, I think it's been a trying season. Uh, like Alan, I do... Is the budget ha- that bad? Um, I don't know, being honest with you. Like, Alan is better um, placed to talk about the budget. As I said in the piece, I'm speculating about the budget. I found some of um, his comparisons there very surprising. He could be right. I don't know. But um, I was down in Salt Hill Devon last Friday mm. for, the, for the squad announcement. And uh, Kraken facility... Um, we should let them into the league no we've done that um, like a cracking facility have been very good obviously mentioned by Alan <coughs> there in the, uh, mentioned by Alan how they're training there now like it's a great yeah. it's a great setup but like it is a classic Irish thing that like you go to a club where the League of Ireland you go to a city sorry where the League of Ireland team is in rag order, to be fair, right? Like, there's no positive spin on it right now. Like, you're no, there shrink- is a positive spin. We're fine off the pitch, and we've big investment coming through, and we play in a lovely ground. Um, so the future is fine. Just the present needs okay. time. Okay, I, I, rag I, order I, is harsh. I, I will retract that. Rag order is a bit harsh, but when the rag team- week maybe, but not, not rag <laughs> <order>. <laughs> when the team when the team is is sort of struggling in the area and then you go to like a club which is a, has a great setup you know and has pictures of the walls on the walls of all the youth players that they have produced you know and like you want like the League of Ireland club to be a pillar of the community in this in, in uh, you know at, to the same degree and like I know there's internal politics in Galway and there's been squabbles between clubs and you know, there'll be what about from, from from column A, B and C when you talk this I'm not I'm not taking sides in any way at all because 
Uh, I, I've tried to delve into the Galway stuff before, and it's complicated. But just making the broad point that it would you, you want everyone pulling together in the area. Like Galway has produced so many brilliant footballers, and even in, in Salt Hill alone, like you, you see Daryl Horgan and you know quite a few other players that have come through there. Um, Rory and, Gaffney, yeah, and you go to Merview, you would have players that have come through there, come through there, and and so. Like there's there's a region there with great potential, and you just you would like everyone on the same page, and not not to have this sort of friction there. So hopefully, the fact that Galway are training there now, as opposed to last year where they weren't training there at all, is part of a yeah, some kind of reconciliation. Mur- Murph as well, obviously, uh, quite pointedly referred to the relationship with Salt Hill, and that's been such a, a problem with Galway United. They get in a lovely bar in the grounds, and it was really made the experience better for fans going there, and only lasts a season because they fell out with whoever and. Uh, <laughs> You're fighting a lot of battles at Galway United, but um, I I don't know. I think I think our future is very bright. Um, whether we'll be Cork City or not on Friday night is another thing. Um, that's one game between Premier Division and First Division. Another one is Shamrock Rovers versus Drogheda United. One of the shocks of last season. Hard to see it on Friday, Dan. Well, let's hear what Tim Clancy says. Realistically, um, it's going to be difficult, obviously, for us out in Tala, and uh, especially after getting the surprise result last year and beating Shamrock Rovers. Um, they certainly won't be taking us lightly this year and um, taking their eye off the ball so we know we're going to be up against it but it's a really good game for our players to go and play in and um, it's certainly one we're looking forward to but we won't go and set up to um, try and defend and be negative because we've not played like that all season uh, and I think we're the top scorers in the whole country because we like to attack and try and get goals and again listen we'll tweak a few things but um, it's more or less going to be the same um, Friday night and that was Tim Clancy, the Drogheda United manager, just building up for one of the intriguing games in the FAI Cup, uh, Swanswayextra.ie, uh, on Friday. And Paul Skinner, goalkeeping coach slash goalkeeper at Drogheda, uh, <laughs> gets to that in a minute. But uh, this was a game that people had written off last season, so just a little bit of a warning to Shamrock Rovers. Um, arguably, they took this a little bit for granted last season. The game was in Drogheda, but they can't really take it for granted on Friday, I would argue. No, I think a lot went their way last year. Um, man sent off about 20 minutes. Um, Lee Grace, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. they had a penal. Um Possibly might have thought that they were coming up and, you know, fourth division side, they were going to win. Like, a lot went, like, even the pitch was very, although it was fantastic, it was dry, a lot of stuff, and, like, every man played really really well for us that 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 game um a great win um did you watch them on monday night i did we were training but i've seen the goals and yeah listen they're a different animal this year it's a bit frightening dan i think if you're a first division team there was one moment in the first half where aaron mcaniff brandon kavanagh and graham burke were just warming up on the sideline i was just like you're on the bench and you're looking at them running past you and then you're looking at what's on the pitch Fairly intimidating, but it's it's frightening for the Premier Division teams too. Not to, to mind Drada. I mean, like the, the the trashings that were handed out on Monday night by uh, both Dundalk and Rovers. To be honest, you know, so yeah, like I mean, the first division team, a team at the top end of the first division is probably in a similar s- situation to teams then towards the bottom of the Premier Division. Like you need everything to go right, you know, and you need Rovers to be badly off it. I mean, they do have a bit of. Don't the one thing you would say is I was at the game against the Harps in the previous round, and like. The cup is everything really for Rovers this year. They still want to try and win the league. It, they need a lot of favours. They need a lot of snookers at this stage. Um, but the cup is their 
like there's fans, there's Rovers fans who want to win the cup more than they want to win the league. So the only thing is you try and, and, and turn that pressure against them because they were winning up against Finn Harps 20 minutes ago. Probably should have had the game done. And actually, in fairness to Harps, they finished pretty well. They stayed in the game and then finished well. And, and Rovers wobbled a small bit in the last 10, 15. And with it all being settled on the night now, like it goes to extra time and stuff, it's almost like uh, an old school cup. It's almost like the first division team becomes like a League of Ireland team in Europe or something like this, where you need to like just stay in the game, stay in the game, and stay in the game, and 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 see what happens. Um, so that is the you know that pressure is on Rovers, but they do have the ability to go and blow teams away. They, they do have that. You know? We'll jump in there when you said like regarding ourselves on Friday <clears throat> being frightened or fearful. I think that's one thing that. The manager's very, very good at I think during the week. Uh, it doesn't matter who we're playing. He's very, very calm during the week, even before in his team talk. And I think that it sort of shows in the players, because we have a lot of young players. And I think if you had a manager who was shouting and screaming during the week and putting the fear of God into them, I think it can show in, in, in the way they can play. I think if anyone who has seen us play, right, listen, we know who we're playing against. Like Rovers are fantastic. They have been fantastic this season, but Hopefully it'll be the same again for our boys, but the instructions will still be the same from Tim. There'll be nothing different from what we do week in, week out, although we'd be probably paying a lot more attention to, to mm. themselves and probably um probably won't have the ball as much, but regarding when we are on the ball, hopefully we'll express a fearless side to us, which the boys have done very well this season. I remember speaking to Tim at the start of the season. I think it was up in Dundalk. It must have been the Malone Cup game. I think I was at it. And actually, he was going a bit mad that night because he said in the warm-up, the draw the player, we're almost looking up at the yeah, yeah, Dundalk players, yeah. almost like Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. And, <sighs> it, and, and I think he, he flipped. He did. He, he he doesn't usually mm. um, in, in the dressing room afterwards. And stuff. He wasn't happy with that. And he, he was spot on. He was spot on. Like It's it's 11 v 11 at the end of the day. Like Right. Again, it Dundalk and Dundalk were very good. I think it was five and a half time. And it, was it was a it was a trash in the end. Oh. Yeah, were you yeah. on goal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be I thought you'd be coming here uh, giving out about teams. You're not playing anymore. But um, just just on that, what's happened? You got you bad a hip injury earlier in the season. Yeah, we were playing shells, and um, I had a tear in my hip flexor, um, and I was out for. Oh, I, I, we first thought it wasn't too serious uh, ended up three months out um, and when you're out for that long Lucas come in Luca Gratz has come in um, and he hasn't done a tap wrong and it's just one of them where you know you're sort of going usually if you're out the side you're, you're, you're getting angry at the manager for say dropping you or the other keeper oh, gee, I don't like him or but there's no one to be angry at do you know what I mean like Lucas a fantastic fella to work with Tim's brilliant like um it's just a bit of a sitting duck, you know, and yeah, personally, it's frustrating. But on the other side of it, like the lads have been sensational, and it's 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 good, it's good to see because it's a great dressing room. Yeah, like we we talk about the role you've taken on as well, but with due respect um, to uh, Longford, Longford would have been expected to finish ahead of Drogheda this season, and Neil Fenn strongly linked with the Cork job, obviously this week. We'll see what happens there, but Drogheda. 48 points from 24 games with the budget you've had um, I, I don't know if Tim and Kevin Doherty have gotten the credit that the, this merits because it, also he could probably have gone to shells earlier in the off season or certainly yep. looked like he might have yep. um, so what is it about this management team and you've kind of joined that management team as well well 
I'd like to see myself still as a player, still young. I don't. I'm 30. St- only thirty. Mm. Um, last thing I want to sort of say anybody thinking I'm over the hill. I'm I'm into me coaching stuff now. When I sat down with Tim originally, um, <laughs> we were speaking about goalkeeping coach. Obviously, being a goalkeeper coming in, it would have been an important role. He said he was looking. He was, and he even at the start of this season, he was. But um, I had said to him, "Listen, I've got my badges. You can write that one off. Then don't be worrying about having to." Because you need a certain qualification. What qualification do you have then? So I'm on my goalkeeping A licence um, at at the minute this year, which is going to come into effect next season in the Premier Division. I you think need a goalkeeping every, A licence? Every, every club will have to have a goalkeeping, um, goalkeeping A licence holder. So, um, yeah, and last season, I don't think there was much issues. So it was just sort of right... It worked okay, but now again, we still he still spoke to a couple of goalkeeping coaches. It didn't work out, and it, it rolled on again to this year. Um, I've gone down and got injured, and there's you know Lucas. To be fair, and there's another credit to Lucas as well that when I've got injured with my hip flexor, I can't serve. So I was basically on the sidelines, even in training. But he's he's just gone on with it. Um, he hasn't moaned about it, nor have I when I was playing. That there's no goalie coaches haven't used it as any, any excuses. Or that we've had to over the over the year and a half is is serve the ter- terminology like to throw the ball at the other keeper. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't like throwing. I absolutely just tr- lashes. I, I always say try break his nose. Right. So once they be throwing it, it'd be yeah. more than that. What yeah. do you, what do you do in training? Well, in, in in terms of goal, like what do goalkeepers actually do in your average training session? Well, say for instance, um, we'll use this weekend as. Um, an example so well you have nothing to prepare for this weekend no, no. <laughs> you'd be at nothing like <laughs> so when the draw came out we were playing Wexford as well so we'd done a bit on Wexford so although Rovers have an abundance of quality from all over the park and he can hurt you in nearly everything but even a show on Monday long distance shooting is probably like any a lot of players can crack a ball from a bit far out so we so say for instance <coughs> Touched on a bit last week, but then going into this week is trying to get used to that scenario Are you ready of, for? of shots coming in from mm. a bit of distance, bit of bodies in between, if there's a deflection, stuff like that, you know. Um, so it'll be a bit more than what, like, now we're on the, the goalkeeping A licence. It's a lot more than what you think, you know. I, Jason Dunhill, the under, or the 15s manager, refers to his goalie coach as a coach who specifies in goalkeeping. You know, so you gotta go know a bit more about what's going on, what you're going into every every week, what their dangers are. How does that work though? So what how does a goalkeeping coach know in conjunction with maybe opposition analysis analysts or whatever, yeah. what Wexford are expected to do next Friday? So how who do you liaise with then? Are you like Well you'd, you'd say for instance we've played against Wexford. So you you know by either players or their style of play which way they'll go around there could be teams that go long ball there could be teams that like getting the ball in the box could be teams that like rovers of they can hurt you as I said in a lot of ways but a lot of players can hear from from distance so um, depending on the team you'd sort of go right listen this is what we think might happen so we try and st- start replicating scenarios mm. for that weekend um, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah. but you can only you'll only try and take it as a comeback. Like. Yeah, obviously more. I mean, I remember watching Derby last year and towards the end of the playoff semi-finals or final, I mean, there was a sub coming on of a Shea Given that was giving the player a bit of a chat, you know, and it was yeah. an outfield player, you yeah. know. Um, so they are obviously a part of the staff. They're in all the meetings. They're in all the discussions, you know. They're not just there to 
as you said, just like, you know, you, you, we go to get to go to a lot of Ireland training sessions, say, and you always see the keepers obviously away, but it would have been Seamus McDonough before and Bial and Kelly now, and they're obviously doing their bits with the, the goalkeepers, but they are part of the group. They're not like in some sort of a... Uh, there'll always be a stigma. some environment, yeah. yeah I yeah. think there'll always be a, some sort of stigma with it. So I have done my UEFA B licence, and I'm... Is that the conventional or the goalkeeper licence now? I've so? done the outfield one. Right. Well. You have to do the outfield one to go and do your goalkeeper right. licence. So then you kind of go off to your specified... Yeah. yeah. Basically, to be a goalkeeper coach, you have to pay more money to, to get your way up. To, you have to go up two ladders. But okay, I, you're a postman as well. Yeah, as. look, I'm loaded. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm hoping at some stage to go and do me UEFA licence. I'm I'm in coaching with a local side, helping them out coaching their outfield. I, lo- I enjoy it. Like you know, That's what you need to manage in the first division. At the the A licence, yeah. yeah. So Tim and Kev will have their A licence mm. and I think the majority do. Um, I think Ian Morris has it as well. Mm. Um, and obviously with the, the top league and the top league in any country has to have the pro licence. Right. So, um, yeah, so it, I'd like to one day go and do the A licence as well because it, it just helps you again going into yourself as a coach, like knowing the game a bit more, you can be able to then speak to defenders and speak knowledgeably to defenders. You don't... I've been... Over the years of 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 being in the goalie coach, and we try and say something to an outfield, and the outfield goes, "You yeah. give a give yeah. a rest with you, yeah. you know." Interesting, yeah. So what? So what's the standard of goalkeeping coaching like? Do you think in the League of Ireland, if you look at the the players, you've got like the big clubs, obviously, have put an emphasis on it. You're thinking, um, well, Steve Williams is at Dundalk. Yeah. Uh, Jose is it? Is that? I'm I'm doing the Alamanis is on the A license, and he speaks very highly with Jose. Um. Yeah, there is. There's there's some excellent coaches floating around. Eddie you know? Hickey's at Cork City. Eddie I think. Hickey. Eddie Hickey was on the license. Well. Yeah. The majority of it, like basically the whole league was was there. Like and um, Declan McIntyre up in yeah. Derry. Mm. I've worked at Decky. I've worked at loads. What's uh, Alan Manis like? Everyone says he's a quiet lad. He is. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's so he's very very approachable. Um, Just picking him up on head Friday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna make him angry anyway. But the, the, big the, man. the thing, yeah, the thing is, Dan, the, the, a lot of these goalkeepers in the league are quite old, like from Rogers to McNulty <laughs> to Manus, um, all like Rogers is 38 now, I think. Brendan Clark's probably in the older bracket. I mean, he's, he's in the more thir- experienced early bracket. 30s. Yeah, um, experience. I don't know, Barry Murphy. What do you know. make of the standard of goalkeeper in the league? Like, I, I don't know. Paul's better place to judge it. Like, I mean. Deflected. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's. I think I think it's reasonable. The fact that the, that it's the tried and trusted. Like I think Gary Rogers probably had a better season this year than he's had maybe excellent you know, in Europe than, than than maybe did three or four years ago. So like Manus has come back and and sort of got back to a certain standard. So I suppose you, you could be critical and say, well, where are the emerging goalkeepers coming through to to push them out of the picture? James Talbot. Um, you know, Talbot obviously has emerged. I mean, he had Vigoro last year; was very good. He was yeah. only passing through. Um, and I suppose the other, the flip side of it is, I mean, there isn't necessarily opportunities if the places at the top clubs are are filled up. Like there would have been, say, it was a Ty Groin or Cork, isn't it? Who's behind McNulty? Like Cork have had n- numerous number twos over the last couple of years, different characters who just you know couldn't get in. So, um, like Paul's a better place to judge the depth of of the options. I mean, the senior ones are. You know, very important players for their clubs. I mean, Rogers was second in player of the month there. I think behind Jack Byrne, you know, I think Manus would be held in good regard at, at Rovers. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think I think it's it's probably reasonable. You know, I think it's been difficult for for some of the young, like Niall Corbett was on the facilities and just on the premises couldn't break through at a few clubs. You know, it's maybe a hard league to become an established Premier mm. Division goalkeeper in. I don't Can't know, be, Paul. Yeah. I just I just flicking through the, the teams there, and you're saying Dundalk, Rogers, uh, Rovers, man, um, just the experienced ones. Cherry at Derry's having a good season. Yeah, I think. Claggy's having nearly an underrated season. I don't think he's, he's getting the, keeper. I don't think he's getting the credit. He's, mm. I think he's been very, very solid for two. When's he back? Is it two seasons now? He's back. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's been very, very good this season. Um, McNulty at Cork's been been very good as well. And then you go on the young lads. Um, Cairns. Connor Cairns at UCD. Ed McGinty at Sligo. Yeah. He's, a good he's only a teenager, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Finn Harps have been. Uh, Kieran Gallagher got badly injured his shoulder and they've been chopping and changing a little bit. So, out of all that, it seems like a very solid sort of. Who's the best of them? Talbot? I am going to go with. I'm going to go with. Clarky just at yeah, edge. Talbot. Fair, fair call. I think it's just. Again, I don't think he's getting the recognition he probably deserves for this season. Um, he's made he's made a couple ta- of ta- unbelievable saves. Yeah, yeah. Ta- the Talbot. first 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 game of the season, I think he he he's had a worldly is against Cork. Yeah, is against it? Cork, that is was it? the Gordon Banks. Yeah, Talbot is mad as well. You can you can tell the way he's a goalkeeper. He he runs around like a madman, ta- but he's on top of he's on top of situation trying to get things going. Talbot Talbot played uh, the same age as my little my little brother. Same size as me now. Um, my brother. So I've watched the movie when he played a home for him, and he he was the same back then, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved to seeing the aggression of the keeper, and it hasn't changed him. Where he's gone away, he's come back, and he's still got that that hunger and the bite, mm. and um, you can see he feeds off the Jody stand like week in week out, you know, and it's probably coming with his performances. I don't know, like I mean, the, the team of the year coming up, like PFA PFEI votes to be soon. I'd be surprised if Manister Rogers wasn't the goalkeeper. Yeah, I I'd, I'd expect that they. They might get the I wouldn't give it to Manus because I don't think he's had nearly enough to do in, to warrant it in that. The, I don't know, I'm just yeah. I'm just making a prediction. That Gary Rogers has made a lot more vital saves. I think it's definitely in Europe anyway than Manus. Um, Talbot to me is probably the most talented. I don't know. I just I, I'd be surprised. Be right, I'd be yeah. surprised if Clark or Talbot got the votes mm. in that scenario. I could be completely wrong. Mm. Could be completely wrong. Maybe sometimes players just look at the top two and you know they they they, they start from there. But I, I think don't know. Talbot. I think Talbot. Um, has been probably in the media a bit more. I think it was Irish call up as well. Mm. Um, you go through the season, and in the season, people were were unsure how he was going to go. Don't forget who he was replaced last season as well. There was a lot of pressure on him. What do you make of Supple? Fantastic. I I grew up. Supple was a couple of years older than me. Um, and still I still is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's quick, quick. Um, and when I was growing up through the internationals and the 15, 16, all I could hear about was how good he was. And he's gone and he, what, he was playing championship football at the age of 18, maybe, maybe younger. Mm. You know, and he's walked away. It wasn't like, like he's... It was tough. Um, first division keepers. Oh. Um, me, obviously the best. D- Delaney, in <laughs> fairness, another postman, but like... Prop, prop nearly man of the match against Bowles. He, has he hasn't been necessarily first choice. Yeah. 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 Dino, uh, Dino's goal of the year last year, fantastic, uh, good friend of mine. Um, so we're just going top there. McCabe's been been excellent. I think he came in had six clean sheets and eight. Mm. Luke has been fantastic when he's come in. At least Ace had a great season. Uh, Steve McGuinness been very very good. Gabby solid. Jack Brady's been great. You've Paul Hunt then a Cove, Kevin Horgan at Galway, Athlone and Wexford have chopped and changed a bit. But um, again, it's it's you're very diplomatic. 
Yeah. It's the goalkeeper's yeah. union. It's not yeah. actually yeah. a physical. Yeah. Not actually yeah. a physical Don't be union. Not in it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to say, uh, you know, someone there. Is up. <laughs> He's had a shocking season, <laughs> actually. No good. Who are we playing next week? Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, come here. But That's where you come in, Johnny. You should be telling who's, like, telling them who's had a bad season. Uh, come for me, then. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen enough to first vision, anyway. But um, it, did you play outfield or were you always goalkeeper? Till about eleven. Till about eleven. Now, funny enough, I went to uh, when I moved to Celtic as a schoolboy. Oh, I didn't have just just got that in there. I just had didn't to drop even that know in it. There. Just when I to moved, to, he did this like ninety degree oh, no. turn. Anyone Celtic that knows me is gonna absolutely yeah. kill me. But the, not the that many <laughs> Irish lads went over to Celtic when you think about, about that. Four hundred of there, there's over. absolutely there loads of them, Johnny. Johnny, there's absolutely maybe five hundred. There was yeah. we put out. A t- I remember I was playing a match and there was eleven Irish players starting. <laughs> so who was there when you were at Celtic from the Irish contingent? I'm trying to think. Two years older was, um, and currently still two years older, was Darren O'Dea, Dermot O'Carroll, Gary Walsh, uh, Gareth Christie, and then there was myself, Graham Carey, Killian Sheridan, Paul Catlan, Timmy Coyley, then underneath it was Eric Foley, Simon Dunn, Mark Nolan, then Richie Tell comes over then, uh, Steve McDonald, the one point manager. Yeah. You know, so the that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, then you had Aidan McGeady was Jim O'Brien, the Scottish. Had he McCart there around the time? No, he, he was... uh, from what I remember, he came the summer I left. Summer left. Sorry to go back to the re- some which I spent three years over there for two years. I didn't have a goalkeeping coach, and I trained outfield. That's as a goalkeeper, mad. That's absolutely mad, bonkers, insane. absolutely. What, so what? Bonkers. What year are we talking? Like you were yeah, two thousand and five, two thousand and six. 2006, 2007. Like 16 to 18. That's 16, 17, yeah. So what um, did you do every day? Train outfield. Ruined troilists when they come over. <laughs> not make, not make for fun. That was, yeah, I was... <laughs> you did the goalie, like, I mean, you're not... I trained outfield. We, we'd have two or three goalies. You're not so doing much for their confidence when you're, 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 you're no, not making the troilists yeah, and you're yeah, a keeper. Gone, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Just go yeah. to them after Pat and head. By the way, yeah. I'm the keeper, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it was, that was... Highly frustrating. Who was, was who was manager? Like I can't get my head around. First team manager. Yeah. Uh, Gordon Shrek in the community. So it signed a deal when Martin O'Neill was manager, and he had his goalie coach, whose name Seamus McDonald. No, it wasn't oh. Seamus. Um, I can't remember his name. But when I was on trial, I trained with him. Trained with the first team. It was this is brilliant? Like freaking yeah. Where do we sign? Like mm. <laughs> the the week I go over, I meet the goalie coach walking out, and he's just literally on. Listen, lads, I'm away. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I just, you're like, yeah, surely a goalie coach is going to come in. And there was times where I'd be training on the Astro with the youths or, and the reserves or whatever. And the goalie coach and the fourth team goalies would be on the other side of the fence. like, And I'd be chatting to the fourth team goalies or reserve goalies, wherever it was. Oh, and yeah. they'd be like, why aren't you coming over? I was like, I'm not allowed. <laughs> and uh, what was Martin O'Neill like? He was. I only met him when I signed. Mm. Basically, um, he wouldn't have taken when I was training or on trial. Mm. There, he wouldn't have really. He wasn't noticed. a day-to-day coach either. He he doesn't do much of that. Or I don't From what I'm hearing, again, mm. I, I wasn't there during his time. But um, he was. I, I just remember from going in signing the contract. He came in and he was he was brilliant. Like mm. you know, brilliant with the family and all that. Who come mm. over like so. Mm. Uh, 
Because that was some collection of characters. I mean, Killian Sheridan's travelled the world now. Football. He's, he's a bit of a hit on Twitter from very, stuff. The very arguably well, the best hat trick he ever had. A, yeah. he, 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 he had a very good tweet about Norwich Derby. I look out for the results yeah. every week, and I, and I hope they get yeah. hammered. Because <laughs> uh, he was on trial there. I was a, Norwich is my first trial. Yeah. So yeah. I look out for the results every week. I <laughs> hope they get hammered. They didn't sign me. Yeah, he seems a bit of a champ now. In fairness, where's he playing in Israel? He's a. I think he's in Israel. Is he? He's been around, the, he? pl- he's been yeah. around the houses. I actually went over to interview him when he was at Motherwell, when he went from South to Motherwell, and he was actually very quiet. And is very he a cabin he lad? Is he? He's very quiet, but yeah, he's a cabin yeah, lad. Yeah. Really quiet and withdrawn. And then like, all of a sudden he arrives on Twitter with just like sort of he's jokes galore. Like, like, yeah. He's done a podcast, which actually is a bit sort of He has his own. Quirky. Mr. Sherdy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a bit sort of quirky. Yeah. Um, he's been all around the place. He befriended uh, Rio Fernand over the years, hasn't he? Like, right. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been on... Yeah, so he's, he's got a good He'll circle. do well in later years. Graham Carey's gone travelling now as well. Graham Carey he? is in... Is he in Bulgaria? He's gone to Bulgaria. CSKA Sofia, maybe? Yeah, yeah. He just went after being at Plymouth and he's done quite well for himself as well. He's playing for Irona Kiriachmona FC, which is nice. To see there is Israel, yeah. It's nice to see Israel allowing some non-nationals into the country <laughs> anyway. But um yeah, so you're you're up against Rovers at the weekend. We, are. we have to move on. Okay. Um from one green and white story to another. You you were at Celtic, <laughs> were you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, more than that. Realistically, like I mean, I don't know. Wh- how what chance do you have? And I'm not trying to big rovers up, but Well you, know, you did that every other week, John, to be fair. It's a game of football. The right? Rovers are five to two to win the cup at the moment, which I think, as Dan says, all their eggs are kind of in that basket, if not all, for ninety nine percent of them. Except, yeah, agreed. Uh, looking at the table, yeah, there, five to two, and Dundalk or Derry will be knocked out of this round. Yep. Um, which, you know, Dundalk are if, if Dundalk the best team in the country, Derry are possibly the third or fourth best, if any. So it's going to be a little bit easier for the Premier Division teams because one of the big teams will be gone. And like as a Galway Knight fan, you're just looking to get rid of the big teams to give you some sort of chance because I think Galway could be Cork if we were up for it. You know, on a Cork nearly and we're not. Shamrock over Strada, John. Shamrock over Strada. What was I on about? <laughs> Look, what uh, I do, I do, I do think Rovers are worth a bet each way to win the cup at five to two. Just, I'll just put that in because uh, um, I think they, they, they will well, go well in the competition well and judged. hopefully hopefully avoid them. Dog. If they beat drugs, will they beat drugs? Or? I'll tell you on Saturday morning. Johnny, if you were with the draw the lads, you'd be like them up at Dundalk, you'd be looking up at the other team. If you were in the draw the... Not, not with Big Tim. Uh, you, no. you wouldn't, you wouldn't Tim have and it, Kevin. but you'd be a prime candidate. You'd be looking at the Rovers lads going, ah, oh, there they are, They, Jack, can, they can concede goals. Well, I think it's... You can't have that attitude. I mean, like, yeah. we didn't really get to finish know, that. Yeah. We didn't really get to finish that story about Dundalk. Like, Tim went through them because his, his mentality would have been, even if they are better, you can't... You can't go out there thinking that. Ultimately, yeah. that would have been his point, oh, right? right? You're spot on. You were yeah. spot on. Lucky enough, I wasn't with the boys. I was doing my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Goalkeepers, as you know, were off over in the corner. Um, <laughs> it's a daunting task. It is daunting. It is daunting. Um, especially in Tala as well. As I said, we had a lot going for us last time last year. But I'm sure it'd be. Um, I'm sure. By, I'm sure in both dressing rooms, we'd be reminded of last year. You know, for mm. us to sort of say, "Listen, it it, it is doable." Of course, then I'm I'm sure we'll be probably reminded in the Rovers dressing room. Listen, make sure it doesn't happen again. You know? Even if if you do get knocked out, uh, the fact that you know you're effectively guaranteed a playoff spot of some description, um, it's been an excellent season for Drada, and yep. I, I guess you, you'll be you'll be itching to possibly play as well in the in the few games that are left. Who knows what might happen? We've seen in, in Liverpool they bring in a keeper and straight away yeah. he's playing. Um, because you're going to have a few big games left. Of course, yeah. Now listen, um. It's been about 
four or five months. I think Luca has um, deserved a lot of credit. You know, uh, even if he does have a bit of a hiccup, I don't think he should be under massive pressure to to come out. I think that's only fair. Um, mm. The other side of me saying, get him out now. Yeah. The play, like, there's always a story in the playoffs, though, isn't it? There's mm. always, unfortunately, there's always well, an injury Bando or a suspension. Or well, there's always the, 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 look at the playoffs the last couple of years. It's always an unlikely story. No matter the nine men that shells that nearly put us out. Yeah, hands. yeah, yeah. Listen, um, we still have hope. But, uh, that that result on Saturday was. For the first time, maybe Friday, for the first time, maybe this season, after we'd won the game, it was like, just maybe, just maybe, Shells slip up and we still have to play Shells. There might be a chance. And then Shells go and produce their best performance of the season. Huge win in Longford. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, But still, Shells still have to play Bray. They still have to play us. And they've still got to play Limerick. Now, You're still we, fighting for this title. Of course. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take every game. Um... And we'll we'll try and win every game, you know. If it, and if that spills into the playoffs, it'll be the exact same. Like just try and win. And um, j- just for, b- for before we finish up, where do you see yourself uh, down the line in, involved in football? Obviously, anyway. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, obviously, I've d- I've done the the goalkeeping, the goalkeeping uh, coaching badges at the high. I'm at the highest now. I don't think after. Hopefully, I get this cert. I can't go any higher. I will. Again, I, I'll I'll look to do the UEFA. Um, and I don't know. I'll have to see. I'll have to see. I listen as long as as I'm involved in football. I'll be happy, you know. Because I, I do. I do. I do love it, you know. Well. Uh, thanks a million to Paul Skinner uh, for coming in. We we haven't spoken about goalkeeping like nearly three years. It was on off the ball last night. Joe Malloy couldn't believe LOI Weekly is nearly three years old. Um, mm. I thought it feels a lot older to me. Did you discuss it, it on the show? Like we yeah. did. Joe brought it up. Oh, did he? Mm, he brought up. Um, I'm not, I can't remember what the co- the context of the... It was about Jack Byrne. Um, I can't remember what the context of the podcast was, but, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was Anyway, we're here nearly three years now, but um, I don't think we've spoken about... We haven't had many goalkeepers... We have, certainly haven't had goalkeeping coach on. I've had Supple on plenty of times. He's not a goalkeeping coach. No, I know. I'm saying we've had goalkeepers. Yeah. We've had Brendan Clark. We've had, actually, reasonable amounts of goalkeepers. Gary Rogers. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Uh, it's going to be difficult for whoever's in goal for Drogheda on Friday. You would have thought so. You'd fancy uh, Rovers to get the job done there. Uh, Derry and Dock obviously is the is the highlight on Friday. We were hoping to get Decky Devine, <laughs> but uh, Dog, I couldn't go on the show. <laughs> doesn't have the Skype on Darren. Your 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 Derry impressions and like you, you did. Uh, like, there's always well, <laughs> but uh, uh, better after a few points. But uh, the Deers or Decky Paddy McCore team, um, they've had a great season. You you just imagine though. I don't want Dundalk and Cork City in another cup final. I don't think it'll happen this season. I don't want it. I'd actually prefer, realistically, if we two completely new teams, preferably go United. If not, <laughs> Derry and Rovers would be a good fit. Um, yeah, it's a challenging one for Derry. It's going to be a cracking it's be, game. It's going to be fantastic. Settle on the night as well. And obviously, they're going to meet. In You're the, a fan of that. I'm not. They're going to meet. I, I am a fan of it. I mean, yeah. we can't complain about fixture. Own. Yes or no to replace the producer, the boy Owen? He says no. Well, Johnny, we can't idiots. complain. We cannot complain about fixture schedules and then go, but no, do you know what I'd love? A good old cup replay. It's nothing to do with the cup replay. You, it's just a stupid you, season. You only, want the, you only want the cup replay because Bows and Shells was brilliant. You don't want no, a cup replay. I don't, I don't want games decided on the night. The FEI Cup should be given far more credence than it is, such that replay should be a thing. This competition should be really, really promoted. Like, really I think deciding on the night is terrific. I think it's a you're great, wrong. I think it's a great initiative. You're, it, we, you're, you're completely wrong. I'd like people um, to, we might put up a poll on this. Do you want um, cup replays or not um, 
interesting, Dan, I, you may well win this one on the poll, but democracy is often wrong as well. That's it. People like, are often wrong. So, someone like Donald Trump was voted in. Like, yeah, that's Brexit. It. Like, he, he, democracy won this trade. Yeah. You also when see, will people learn democracy but, <laughs> doesn't work? But like you also see lads from the... like Democracy also works in the cases of the lads from like the Monster Raven Looney Party, like, you know, who get around 14 votes. Like, I mean, some of your proposals should be delivered by a man with a novelty rosette standing Gem- on Gem- the Gem- end. Of, standing on, yeah, standing um, on, that's the more sinister version. But, um, you, you know, I, I just think that... In what's the, your favourite cup in, replay? Well, then Dog and Galway had an epic one, didn't they, back in the day, which was... It, it was called off. Actually, was that even a replay? That might, be, might it, even it have was, been... It was a replay, it was called off. The replay was called off. Yeah, and then it went to it was four three. Yeah, it was um, an epic game. I know. yeah, it it it's what I what kind of annoys me is that the FAI Cup has almost followed the FA Cup in terms of not being as important until it gets to the latter stages where everyone is like, oh, you can get to the Aviva well, Stadium here. I think this year is slightly different. And Europe. I think this year is slightly different. I think this year the FA Cup is is like for a lot of the clubs left in the competition. Um, it's a big deal. It's the biggest deal. Like now, the Finn Harps are gone. Say, like they're obviously concentrating on staying up. Um, like, like I was talking to Tim actually. Tim Clancy's like, "There's no way. This is a huge competition. We're not resting players for this." And uh, that, I, re- I really like that. Like I don't see the point in resting players for the FAI Cup yeah. unless you really need to. But I, I, to finish your point, like I think for some of the first division clubs challenging them for promotion, yeah, it's probably not to be all and end all as much as Tim has said that. Um, but I think for like you look at the Premier Division now, like Dundalk want to win a treble. So for them, like obviously they want to get the league job done. They should be capable of doing it. So for them, the cup is massive. Like they'll, like they, the dog, went went with a stronger team in the EA Sports Cup semi final than they did arguably in the league game against Finn Harps. So that shows where their mindset is in terms of trophies. Rovers, as I've said, it's everything for them. Bows, you know, goes without saying after last year, and we saw the scenes in the Shells match. Derry, similar. Pats. Possibly their best chance of getting to Europe, you know, as much as they've got a yeah. job to do. Cork has a chance to get things going again. I have again. to disagree with you there. You know, uh, Sligo. It's not, it's not Pat's best chance. No, okay, well, maybe not, but it's, yeah. a, it's a way that they can, you know, it's, they can take control of their destiny with, with this. You know, they, mm. if they finish fourth, they're depending on who wins the cup. This is the thing, you so can like, get favourable draws. Like Derry or Dundalk are going yeah. to be out. You could fluke your way into a semi-final. So basically, I think for all the clubs, really, that are remaining, that are Premier Division clubs, okay, Waterford maybe have to just keep their eye on, on, on staying up here. So there may be a one team that might... What did you make of them on Monday night? I didn't, I didn't see that. I was, I was sort of between between games on Monday. Mm. I didn't see enough to be able to make a judgment. So I, I think the Cup is big this year. I think sometimes the Cup here struggles. Um, like attendance has dropped because it's not included as part of season tickets. Definitely, yeah. So, so like attendance has fallen. Um, but I, I just have a good feeling about the Cup this year that as much as one of Derry and Dundalk go out, that I think if a lot of the other ties go to form... Um, a lot of big teams. I, I nearly hope that they do. Then we mm. could have a cracking series, a, a quarter final. That's very harsh in the likes of Glen Gad, Watford, one of the longest trips they'll ever make. Do you not want a bit of romance? You know, Glen I think Gad that's knocking what, out Watford. I think the, probably the biggest problem with the cup in in the in, with the format now is that for the amateur clubs, the junior clubs, the intermediate during preseason, so there is no romance at all. Crumlin, Lucan United. Yeah, like Crumlin. I mean, Dave Mooney signed for Lucan. Um, Crumlin should be able to get that done, and Crumlin will be a good opponent for someone in the quarterfinals if they do that. Um, but but the problem where the cup probably has lost a bit is that you don't get those romantic stories. Now, even this year, like in the first round, all of the any like sort of non-league club as such uh, that played a league club lost. You know, so even against first division teams, and obviously there will be a debate over where the highest level of that stands with the first division. So. 
Like that's that that's that's not great. There's no stories building up there, and I can't imagine Glenn Gad Waterford will deliver. But anyway, Derry the Dock is the big game. Parkhouse suspended for Derry, which is a massive blow for them. Uh, Dundalk, I'll go back to our discussion earlier on. It's very possible that six weeks in Europe has just sharpened Dundalk up. Now, again, two games is, is not enough to draw a conclusion from. There was a sending off in the, in the Finn Harps game. Um, McElhinney hit it, the it But they've scored 11 goals in two games coming out of Europe. Like, the, the, okay, again, Bowes made changes from Monday too, so I'm not getting too carried away. But it is possible that those European... Like, the dog were maybe a bit stodgy before that. It's possible that, stodgy. The, it's possible that the European games has just has tuned them up again. And if that's the case, um they might they might they might go to Derry and get the job. And this is, this this will test that theory because this is a proper game against like a proper team. If they if they can negotiate that unscathed, then you are coming around to a situation of, well actually who does stop them? It's it's a Doc yeah. Rovers pathway here, you know, and and, and it's it's all about the draw that determines where the, we go. The Galway United board decided that 150 programmes would be good enough for uh, the Cork City game. Um, so if you're going to that game, the programmes are 100% going to sell out because we're surely going to get more. It's roughly one quarter of the attendance by the programme. Um, probably it's a bit of a dying breed we're working away, but I would hope there'll be a lot more for the game. Dan, haven't had a big game in Galway in basically since the Shells game starts the season. So, um, you know, you never know. You hope so. You never know. Um Bowes against Longford is going to be very interesting. Obviously, speculation about Neil Fenn's future as well, which will be one of the, the talking points of that game. Um, what do you make of the Neil Fenn story? Like, he's he's a, he's kind of... I think Cork, if, if he does go to Cork, Cork won a manager who'd play football. And even talking to Paul Skinner beforehand, he was like, Neil Fenn insisted when they were there they played football. Um, but it's going to be an interesting choice for Cork, whoever they appoint as their next manager. Yeah, because whatever they do, like we had Declan carry on a while back, load of their players are out of contract. Mm. So whatever happens, the new manager, now that's possibly a good thing to a degree. You're not inheriting a load of players that you mightn't want. Yeah. So like, you, like if if you're appointed early enough, and there seems to be a suggestion they want to make a move on it early, um, then like you've got a chance to like fashion a team. And as I said earlier on, we're talking about like how do you bridge the gap? Cork are probably the one team because if they get their appointment right and there's a buzz, like they can have six thousand people in the ground the first game of next season. That generates all revenue and momentum and stuff. Um, so they have a, an opportunity still if they recruit wisely to 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 get something going in a way that maybe others would would struggle to. So. Um, uh, like Fen has managed Longford in the first division. Like they, 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 they may not be promoted this year either. Um, Third at the moment. You know, I think to be fair, uh, finishing behind Shells, it's very hard for them to compete with Shells. Usually last year, you know, if if Drada were ahead of them this year, like they're teams that probably have less resources. So there's a few questions to answer. But he's got a reputation with the club. He's got a relationship with the club. You know, he he knows what it takes. To, to have success in Cork, but, like, yeah, but, you, but you, that's, you don't know it is. It is still. A, I I do have the opinion, and it's a bit maybe it's a bit harsh on John Collar, but um, like he he's come in and it's 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 he's he's done okay, but I don't I think the Cork need to generate a buzz ahead of the start of next season. I don't think they're going to do that with a retention of what's there now. I think there needs to be a a look of freshness and a, and a new start about what they do going into next year mm. I, ju- I just think that's that's unfortunately where they're at so um, where else do they go I mean if the, look, who else can generate that buzz I can see why Fenn would do that because of his reputation otherwise you're talking, about, you're talking about well you're talking about going outside the um, 
they're going outside the league and maybe going for that type of appointment that can build something up as well. Like I don't know, but um, it's a big it's a big appointment for them. Whoever comes, it's in. a massive appointment. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a big story the winter to come. Just to to wrap up the fixtures: Shamrock Rovers, Drogheda, UCD, St Patrick's, Galway United, Cork, Derry City, Dundalk, Bohemians, Longford, Sligo, Limerick, Glengad, Watford, Crumlin, Lucan. Are you hoping to get in a game, or are you too sick? Uh, no, no, I'm going to Derry. Going to Derry? Yeah, I'm going to Derry. Going all that Derry. Or a one as a one. <laughs> but, uh, on Sunday, August 25th, Cabin TLFC will host a testimonial for legendary League of Ireland and former Ireland international kit manager Michael Locker Davis in Stradbrook. Um, I assume a lot of you haven't been to a game in Strad- Stradbrook, um, but it's actually a, it's a lovely experience. It's a nice little ground with a with bar, and that w- that is definitely a fundraiser, Dan, that people could support. Yeah, could a really support. popular League of Ireland figure. There's, there's three games across the day. There's a load of League of Ireland legends. There's a you know, there's a League of Ireland select with a slightly more, um, you know, uh, contemporary collection of players. Some old names as well, like Mick Doohan, I was remember. Mick Doohan, yeah. Richie Parsons, yeah. Tarzan O'Brien, Tarzan. a lot of the old Bray names. Then Eddie Gormley. Eddie Gormley. And then on the other side, there was like... Uh, Pat Jennings Jr., presumably. But then it was like, you know, there was Alan O'Neill, Terry yeah. Eviston, John Gill. Um, so a collection of uh, generations as well. So, uh, I mean... I, I assume rolling subs would be the the order of the day, but it looks to the length of some of the squads. Some of the squads were bigger than Cork squad two years ago, so um, it's it's going to be a, it's it's going to be a challenge to maybe get them all a certain amount of minutes. But listen, it's it's a proper community effort um, in, in terms of the, how the League of Ireland community. Have you rallies, been to Stradbrook? Around. Um, I have, but yeah. I've only been there for a press event. I actually haven't been there for a game. Should also mention as well uh, on that a really sad passing of Tony Eitzi over the weekend. Yeah, as well. I, I couldn't believe um, that. Forty-eight years age of age. Forty-eight. He took ill in Italy. Scored a big uh, goal for Shells in Europe. Month. Remember yeah. him? I remember him very well playing for Cove. Um, like many strikers, scored a lot against Galway United, yeah. but he was a good player. Uh, and played a season for the Dundalk, half season for the Dundalk as well, and he added a bit of like. Uh, you know, glamour. There's an Italian player. Yeah. Like the, 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 the thing was with Tony Itzi, he was on the books of Lazio, but I think he was there when he was under 14. Didn't matter. It, it didn't matter. And uh, you really said, um, yeah. you know, a, a player that's. It just it was just hard to believe that somebody that young could be gone. Yeah. Um, so commiserations to Tony Itzi's family on very sad passing. And obviously, if you are around on Sunday, um, it'd be great to get to Stradbrook for that. Yeah, it's a really testimony. worthy cause, and I think it will. I, I would hope it will be supported. Hopefully, the weather's kind. Do you disagree with my Shamrock Rovers tip for the cup before we end up? <sighs> I think Rovers each way is not exactly the boldest selection of all time. Like, five you know, to two. I think Messi might score a few goals for Barcelona this year. Five, as well. five to two, and it's. Five to four to get to the final. Yeah, like it's, it's a reasonable. I, I I wouldn't be taking on that though myself. Who are the better team at the moment? Well, if I they mean, were playing like, each other in the final but tomorrow. If they, if they drew, if they drew uh, Dundalk in the semi-finals, or you don't want finals, that. What price would they be? I think uh, I think it'd be fifty-fifty at the moment. I know, but I'm just like, yeah. I, I I just they're five to two. I, I I just take them to win the cup, and I, I'd forget the each way element. But anyway, like now okay, everyone, now, 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 now everyone's into 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 punting. So like you just take them to win the cup, but uh, it's 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 an obvious shout. Like I mean, they've got some brilliant like players who can win a game, you know, in like like that. But I'm just interested to see what's in dark now. Is this illusion these last two games, or are they back to? You know, maybe the peak level that we think that that they should be hitting. My, my understanding because they are still they are still like top of the league and, and likely league my, winners. My and they've lost twice this year. Yeah. So I'm just interested to see, like, have them dock got back to a peak level from uh, their European experience because I, I can they have totally, lost two I, games. I can totally see across the season, and 
if McElhenney is back uh, purring and, you know, Hoopin took his goals very well, almost looks to be a bit probably pumped up by some of the... I think they're possibly maybe a bit stung by some of the post-European reaction. And it might have just... What reaction? Uh, just some of the negative comments about where, you know... Did they underperform, etc.? I think that that I, I don't know. I just I watched the after they they scored six against Bowes and the celebrations were. I think that, I think they've got a point to prove in a, mm. in a weird way now, and and uh, you know for a club that's top of the league and probably comfortable in terms of winning the league, uh, you know to to have some kind of fire for this for the cups. It's interesting, but like they could be knocked out of it on Friday, like you know, and it's 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 not. It's not inconceivable that we could be talking next week about them not being out of the cup, but I think if they can get through that and show some of the form that they've shown in the last couple of games, then I'd still make them favourites to win the cup, clearly. Um, yeah, that that's that's an interesting call. Uh, thanks very much to Paul Skinner for coming in, to Alan Murphy for taking the Skype call, uh, to Tim Clancy for the WhatsApp audio, and thanks very much for listening. But there are limits to your life.